Hello and welcome back to the Hampson on Hockey podcast, as always presented by ChasingThePuck.com, your home for UK hockey news, views and opinions. This has got the potential to be a fairly long episode, a couple of things uh, to discuss, obviously, uh, a certain event that happened in Belfast on Sunday, I think that's uh, probably one of the biggest talking points of the season in the early ice hockey league so far. Uh, I'll give my thoughts on that in just a bit. Also, uh, a big week for the national team as well. Olympic qualification gets underway. Journey to uh, the Beijing, I think, Olympics in 2022 starts now for GB. Uh, so that will be the second half of the episode. Before we get into those two, though, uh, one nothing loss on Saturday and one nothing win on Sunday for the Cardiff Devils. If you're new here, that's who I usually discuss on this podcast. That's why I'm just giving a little brief run-through of that. I think uh, you can't really have any complaints. I didn't catch the Sunday game because I was uh, admittedly having a nap ready for the Super Bowl, but I did watch the Saturday game. And from what I saw of that and from what I've heard of the Sunday game, I think if you're a fan of goals, goals, and more goals, these games weren't for you. If you're a fan of solid defensive work systems and coaches really trying to use their use their abilities and use their, their team to mismatch the other one, to try and get that advantage, to try and get that goal, then this was a very, very good weekend for you. I think overall, the game on Saturday was an exciting game. It was one nothing. You don't really get to say that too much in a one nothing scoreline, but you know, defensively, I thought both teams were very, very good. I love the defensive side of play, and it's always good to see it getting recognition and coming up big for both teams. The only goal was from a scramble behind the net. Puck comes loose to Elgin Pierce out in front, jams that one in past Ben Balance for the only score of the game to secure two points for the Belfast Giants. And then Sunday night, Joey Haddad, power play goal. He's been on an absolute tear this season, as we all know. Uh, and that's the only difference in that one. So split of the points and with Sheffield dropping points this weekend really helps out both teams' title challenges, but still in Sheffield's hands right now. Both these teams just have to really take care of their own business. Um, I'm not going to go too into the games themselves because I'm aware that this episode could drag on for a bit. Um, so if you want to check out a bit more of uh, the synopsis and the, the fallout from the games, I would definitely recommend checking out A View from the Bridge. Um, they, they went into a lot more detail than I have on this weekend's action and also they've given their thoughts on what I'm going to discuss next and I would recommend listening to it. It is a Belfast Giants podcast but in no means is it biased in their assessment of it. They're very accurate and to be fair that's one thing I liked about um, the fallout from the hit is there hasn't really been much bias that I've seen at least. Um, the View from the Bridge uh, Twitter account put out about how some, some Dells fans were saying that Goodwin dived. Uh, I haven't seen that personally, so I don't know if that was something that just happened at the game or on social media afterwards, and I just seemed to follow the right people. Um, but yeah, there was no dive at all. So we may as well go into the Massey Mari Maki hit. Um, firstly, Joel Neal of A View From The Bridge, I know I've mentioned him a few times now, but he put something on Twitter, I think it was earlier today, um, pointing out how if the hit was shoulder to shoulder, the head would jolt inwards back towards the ice rather than straight towards the glass um i'm not i'm not like a smart person so i don't really know how the body would react to uh that type of hit um so i'm assuming that he's right though i think that's a fairly accurate description of it and you know it is a is a key point was this shoulder to shoulder was this clean to the head 
it is going to take one hell of a camera angle to convince me it wasn't to the head. It's going to take one hell of a new look at this. I've only seen the one that's been put and shared on Twitter. Um, so that's the only thing I have to go by. The th thing that's got people up in arms of this is at the time I start recording this, I may as well actually check my phone now to see if anything has come out. 6.25 as of the time I'm speaking right now. Uh, let's check Twitter. Nope, still nothing from the Elite League Department of Player Safety. That is what has got people really up in arms, and quite rightly so. Uh, it's got me a bit up in arms, uh, because only a few episodes ago I defended them. Um, and definitely check that episode out. I stand by what I said in that episode, uh, defending the Department of Player Safety, saying it's made really big strides uh, forward since the Spear of Galactus Cult and Fretter incident. And I have seen the this instance being compared to that a little bit. Um... I disagree. It's not a clear case where, well, I, it's not a clear case where one guy gets suspended longer than the other one because no one's been suspended so far. But to me, that was just a complete, just a, just a meltdown on the ice. It was just so weird and wonderful at the same time. It was such a bad incident, and the way that that was handled initially was truly terrible. Uh, sort of justice in the end after a review and um, this one at the moment there's been no official announcement so it's difficult I, are they gonna address this at all or is it just a case of if he's not getting suspended they're not gonna announce it because if they if they start announcing when guys aren't gonna get suspended then they're gonna have to start releasing a lot more press releases because there are some questionable hits every game uh, this one is not questionable. It is no question at all. It was a bad hit. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what plays out. I think it would take the world's biggest optimist right now to be sat waiting for an announcement. It's been three days. I don't see one coming, especially since the uh, Sam Jones and Ben O'Connor incidents um, have been released and criticized, even though they're completely fair assessments and flat uh, fair suspensions handed out to them regardless of what happened in the build-up to ben o'connor cross-checking someone in the face you don't cross-check someone in the face if you want to turn the tide back in your favor drop the gloves don't cross-check someone in the face and stop trying to defend that uh but yeah i don't see any suspension coming on this one which is very much a shame uh let's have a quick look at it because i've i've watched the hit so many times i've slowed it down i've uh, enhance the image on my phone. I've I've literally watched so many uh, different speeds of the hit to try and determine what happens. Now, the thing for me is one thing that I was expecting people to maybe say is Goodwin uh, put himself in that position. He did not at all. What Goodwin does is he's got the puck along the boards. He's looking down at the puck and he clears the puck. All of the while behind his shoulder, Masi Marimaki takes a couple of strides then goes into a glide, and then delivers a hit to his head. Um, there's no denying, like I said, it's going to take a really, really special uh, camera angle for me to stop saying that it was directly to the head. Um, I don't think there is a camera angle that shows it wasn't directly to his head. You can see from the reaction as well, his head turned uh, a lot more than Michael's head turned in Catramore last year when Joanna walked in. Nice little Love Island reference for all of you. Um, but yeah, it was... Just a bad hit. And what Mary Mackey's doing there is, I don't think the intent is there to hit the head. That's one thing I'll say straight away. That I don't think the intent is to make contact with the head. It is a careless play 
uh, stupid hit and one that should be suspended, but I don't think the intent is to hit the head. What Goodwin does is as he clears the puck, he moves slightly through momentum. He doesn't move because he senses a hit coming, because I don't think he sees that hit come until about maybe one hundredth of a second before he's hit. It's what Mary Mackey's doing on his hit is one, he's risking a late hit penalty anyway. If Goodwin hasn't cleared the puck and tries to dig it out and maybe send it the other way around the boards to keep it on a, the giant stick rather than just clear the zone, he's risking a hit from behind. What he does is he keeps his skating lane, uh, which is admittedly at the head of David Goodwin. I know it sounds weird to, to admit that when I've just said I don't think it was an intentional hit to the head. What I mean by that is I don't think he's, he's going up thinking, I'm going to hit you in the head. I think what he's doing is he's going to try and finish his hit. The Devils have done that a few times this season. As soon as the defenseman's along the boards, they just play the body. They're trying to get that physical momentum. Every team does it. If he just hits the body, I don't think this is an issue at all. I think that is fair. Maybe a little bit late. But to be fair, the main angles, the main replays people have seen have been slowed down. In real time, I don't think it would have been called late. Uh, it risked being late, but I don't think it would have been called late if he makes clean contact. Instead, contact with the head. It is pretty apparent that this one should have been suspended. I'm going to start saying should have because at this point, I'm I'm not, I'm not believing that suspension coming. Unfortunately, and that that is a huge shame because since the Galakas incident, I don't think there has been a single suspension that I've disagreed with there's been ones that i would have handled differently like i said in the tops episode i did previously uh, there was one um i think it's at the start of the season i can't remember who was it i think it was a dundee player maybe got suspended one game for the check the head i thought maybe that could have been two and then there was the uh michael davis matthew gagnon incident uh gagnon what was it was it gagnon he got two for the fight and three for throwing his helmet i thought it should have been the other way around three for the fight which Michael Davis had absolutely no say in, and then two for throwing his helmet because it's just stupid. Um, but yeah, those are like the only ones recently that I I would have handled differently, but I don't disagree with them. Um, this one, I really do disagree with me. It looks so everyone does. Um, for me, the Devils, they've got a while until their next game. So it is going to be interesting to see if anything comes out between now and then. But for me, the fact that they've already announced suspensions to Sam Jones, they've already announced a, a suspension to Ben O'Connor, it would make no sense to have not announced something by now. It's... For me, this hit, the way it was handled, would, could have been a chance to set a precedent for the rest of the season. Because teams now is where teams are going to be playing with a lot of emotion. There's... Every two points now is even more important than it was back in September. Every team is now trying to make sure that they keep the pressure on Sheffield. If they have games in hand, they want to use those games in hand. They want to try and make sure that they can pip Sheffield at the final hurdle if they can. So this is where guys are going to be starting to play a little bit more emotionally. There's going to be the potential for hits that are border borderline. And there's probably going to be a couple more suspensions coming throughout the rest of the season. And for me, I... From what I remember of all the suspensions handed out this year, I don't think there's been one that is as clear-cut a check to the head like this. Um, so this really would have been a precedent-setting moment to say, do this for the rest of the season, you're getting a minimum of this. To me, 
in fact, I don't, have I given what I thought? I don't think I have. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've actually said what I think is this. I am, I put on Twitter the three games for me. Um, the more I watch it, the more I think four. And I also wouldn't be opposed to five. That's my, that's my opinion on it. I, but going back to my point, it is a precedent-setting moment because it is going to start showing players this is what you cannot do. In fact, Michael Davis from the Steelers actually put on Twitter, I think it was Michael Davis anyway, it may have just been a, a fan account named the same, but it, to me, I think it was Michael Davis. He said this is the type of hit that was shown not to do. This is the type of hit they're told will get you suspended. So the fact that there's been nothing yet, and I'll check my phone now, it's 6.34. Wow, I've been on this topic for nine minutes. Now, this really is going to be a long episode. Um, do, do, do. no, still nothing from Dobbs. So yeah, I'm gonna stop refreshing my phone now because I don't think there's anything coming. Like I said, it's gonna take an opti- optimist to start to sit by their phone thinking, "Ooh, a notification! That's gonna be the Dobbs thing." No, it's not coming. Unfortunately, I hope though, I'm proven wrong, because to me, to break down the hit, Mariamaki he gears up for a potential late potential hit from behind, uh, ends up delivering a check to the head. Thrown 5-plus game. The, the argument I've seen is maybe they thought 5-plus game was enough. Um, no. A check to the head like that. In this day and age, 5-plus game is not enough for a check to the head. 20 years ago, maybe. I don't know. Um, but a check to the head is... We know exactly what the ramifications are of repeated head trauma. The... It's the type of hit they're trying to get out of the game. They're trying to keep the physicality in the game as long as it's clean. They don't need this hit anymore. They don't need this type of play anymore. So, to me, it's a tough one. Because if you're the Devils, yeah, great. You got away with one. Um, If you're Mari Maki, your favorite song is probably Getting Away With Murder by Papa Roach right now. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a tough one because it... There's only so many times I can say it should have been a suspension before you're all sat listening. If you still are going, just move on. Yeah, should have been a suspension. But so far, it hasn't been. Like I said, the Sam Jones one, elbow to the head of the Panthers new guy whose name I'm not going to attempt because I've got a bit of the GB preview coming up and I'm going to butcher enough people's names. Uh, And then the Ben O'Connor one to me, I think that's fair enough. I don't care what happened before. I don't care if Brett Ferguson was holding a stick. You don't cross-check someone in the face. Absolutely clear as day. In fact, I don't even think you get taught that at junior because I think it's kind of like common sense. But, you know, uh, either way, uh, it is what it is. Two suspensions. Should have been three. We'll see if anything comes out. I'm not holding out hope. We'll move on, though, because, you know, I'm starting to get a bit wound up about it because I, I do feel a bit annoyed the fact that only, well, like, Eight, nine episodes ago, I sat here going on about how great Dops is, and yeah, I'm getting a bit annoyed. So yeah, we'll move on to the GB Olympic qualifiers. GB taking on Estonia, Romania, and Hungary in the next couple of days, trying to move on to the next round of the qualification process. GB, uh, Estonia, and Hungary all entering at the penultimate stage, Romania entering this stage after earning promotion from the last game. last one so that's who um gb will face first but before we get into uh the opponents let's talk a little bit about gb and one guy in particular who 
some of you probably aren't going to know too much about is Scott Conway, uh, son of Kevin Conway, who had a great UK hockey career for uh, the national team and several teams between, uh, I think it was 1985. Um, that was before the Cardiff Devils were even formed and before I was even born and up till 2008 which, when he ended his career with the Solway Sharks. Yeah, he's a son of him and he's had a very, very good uh, career today. A young guy, he's only playing his first uh, year of pro hockey right now um, for the Atlantic Gladiators. Has played some time for the Providence Bruins in the AHL as well. But you no, know, this is coming off um, a junior career which has seen him. He's played in, in the UK uh, in his junior career, but he's also played a lot of time uh, in North America, in the USHL, BCHL, and then mostly uh, what he's most known for at the moment is his time win in the NCAA, uh, most recently for Providence College, where he was very, very impressive, and like I said, first year pro right now, uh, going to the ECHL for the Atlantic Gladiators, where he's just shy at the moment of a point per game, and you know, in his 12 games in the AHL for the Providence Bruins, the Boston Bruins farm team, he's been pretty good. Five points in 12 games in a team that has some very good young talent uh, like Erho Vakanainen, uh, defenseman Jeremy Lozon, uh, Jacob Zborrell. There's some really good up-and-comers uh, in, um, in that farm team. And Scott Conway got to ice for them for 12 games. And who knows, maybe a few more down the stretch. But, you know, he's cousins with Brett Pelini, so he's, I'd assume he's played on the ice whether or not it's I doubt he's I don't think he's played anything like junior with him but I'd imagine that he's you know just played like pickup hockey with him you know he's he's done a few times where he, they've just played on the same ice so they probably know each other's tendencies a little bit uh, more than he'll know anyone else's uh, at this stage I, I, I don't know whether or not he has played with anyone on the GB roster but I, I would assume that those two end up on a line together at some point this weekend and that's not because they're cousins. It's because I think they play a similar style of game. I think Brett Pellini, uh, you know, he's been really good for the Nottingham Panthers this year. Went healthy. Uh, really solid player for GB as well. Really, you know, he's a, he's got size on him. He's got skill. He's got speed. And so does Conway as well. And one thing I really like about Conway's game is he's not afraid to battle and go to the dirty areas. You watch some of his highlights uh, for Providence. This is a guy who can create space for himself through his physicality and also just his his movement away from the puck. And that's something that really separates guys from being uh, a bottom six and top six. It's what you do without the puck. And Conway, to me, he's got the potential to be a top six guy for uh, Great Britain. When he's in the in around the crease, like I said, he's, he's getting uh, movement for himself. He's making sure that he can get... Uh, open for a deflection or just a quick shot in front and that's one thing he does really well he's got a really quick release so in and around the crease area that's where he's going to be a very interesting character like I said I think him and Brett Pellini on the line would suit very very well and I think that um you know overall it it's going to be interesting to see exactly how he fits in. You know, it's going to be a new system for him coming into Pete Russell's GB side. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how he fits in, how he adapts to it. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the first couple of shifts he, he's, you know, just finding his legs out there. But once he gets comfortable, once he gets his motor going, he will be a very key part of the GB setup for the rest of the, um, well, rest of the international calendar year. So I think that, you know, he'll, he'll have a solid weekend, uh, whether or not he makes it if GB make it to the next round um whether or not he plays there whether or not he plays in some of the tune-up games 
I would imagine he's going to be in the World Championship squad, and that's where he's really going to start to settle things down and really be, you know, a key part of that squad. So Scott Conway is definitely one to keep your eye on uh, this week um, for GB. Um, uh, some news as well: Rob Lakovic is coming in uh, to replace Steve Lee, who I believe is. I don't know if he's injured or if he's just picked up a knock. I don't know for definite. Um, but yeah, Steve Lee's out. Rob Lakovic is in. So what I'd imagine is if was if Rob Lakovic is coming in as a forward, it probably means that Josh Batch is going to be playing on defense um, during this week. Um, but yeah, Lakovic nine points on the year. Not the not the greatest. But one thing I've liked about Lakovic from what I've seen this year is his work defensively. I think he could be a solid bottom six guy. For Pete Russell, he'll probably be on the on the fourth line. Uh, but you know, he he could get some penalty kill time. He could be a good second penalty kill unit player. So you know, good to see him getting uh, his call up. Um, you know, he he's got he's got potential to be an impactful player. It's not going to be the guy burying too many goals. Not going to be the guy celebrating too much. But what he does, he just goes about his business, plays hard, really good in the face off dart as well. So I think he's going to be um, you know. A, a really solid addition to the roster with um, one guy dropping out through injury. Um, but yeah, so a little bit about the opponents then. Uh, GB coming into this tournament ranked 20th in the latest IIHF World Rankings. Romania, their first uh, opponent, like I said, coming in after earning promotion from the last um, last round, ranked 28th, Estonia 27th, and then Hungary, the biggest test, uh, at 21st overall in the world rankings. Uh, like I said, Romania, last year they topped the Division 1B championships, and I like the way they, they play. I think, despite the fact they're the lowest-ranked team, uh, only by one, admittedly, to Estonia, who are one place above them, and they had to qualify into the round rather than uh, just enter the, qual the qualification stage at this point, like Estonia, Hungary, and GB have done, I would say that they are... They're not the easiest one for GB. I'd, I'd argue that maybe Estonia are going to be the team that GB will probably... probably I don't want to say have the easiest game against because it's disrespectful, but it's not going to be as tough against them, which, again, sounds disrespectful, but I hope you hope you get what I mean. But yeah, Romania, they got some really good guys, and this is, like I said a few moments ago, I'm going to start butchering names. This is exactly where the name butchering starts. Uh, you look at some of the guys that they've got in their squad. Daniel Tranker... 25 years old, uh, playing for ASC Corona Brasov. A lot of guys are playing for this team, so they've got that familiarity. They've got a really good uh, group of guys who can just slot in, play exactly how they do in their domestic league. And Daniel Tranker is just one of them. This guy, sorry for your first name, Balach Peter, I think it is. Um, also, he's having a great qualification campaign so far. 12 points in two games. Tranker, 10 points in two games. So they've got a really good... Um, group of forwards, solid defensemen as well. And it's going to be interesting to see who exactly they go with in net between Patrick Polk and Zoltan Toke. Uh, again, no idea if that's how you say his name, so I do apologize. Um, but yeah, both guys, again, both uh, playing for ASC Corona Brasov, both really solid numbers. Um, Patrick Polk, the veteran guy, Zoltan Toke, Toke no idea, sorry. Uh, more of a young guy, but still got a lot of potential. So they should have a really uh, solid week. I don't see them progressing, um, but they, they'll cause, cause a few headaches. Uh, Estonia then, they'll be a tough test, like I, like I said, but they're not going to be the toughest test for GB this week. They've got a good mix of youth and age in their squad. They've got youngsters uh, like Emil uh, Svartbro, I think. Sorry. 
Um, you know, he's been doing very well in the U.S. at the moment, playing junior hockey. And then Andrei Makrov, uh, 40 years old, long career in Europe, including a couple of games for the Telford Tigers as well. So he'll be um, an interesting one to watch. But I think for them, this is just more... This... They're out to cause headaches, a bit like Romania, get some game time with some guys that really look into who fits in where. Um, I think the, they're probably going to be coming in looking to try and cause an upset where they can, but you know this is the start of their international campaign in terms of their, their tune-up for the World Championships, uh, where they're still in Division 1B after finishing, I think, fourth uh, last year. Um, but yeah, so... They'll, they'll be able to cause a few headaches. Lastly then, Hungary. Recent history between these two sides. Rob Farmer decided to, uh, you know, secure promotion with a nice goal with, I think, what, 19 seconds left? Uh, and that basically meant the GB are in the top division, which, if my memory serves me right, Ben Davis saw, secured for a second year. Um, yeah, so, well done, GB. You're doing well. But yeah, um, they've got a really good group of goaltenders this is going to be a really tough test. It's, it's fitting that this is the last game of the weekend um, because it could be a showpiece final is, of sorts. Um, you look at the guys who got Gurgli Arani, I, th I think. Uh, he'll be the hot hand to go in net for them. Really solid domestic campaigns so far. But, you know, they got two other guys, Daniel Kornica, I can pronounce that one, and Milos Ranja, two really solid uh, other options in net going out of net. Then you got really, really solid goal scorers, Gurgo Nagy and Istvan Sofron, really solid goal scorers. And then also uh, Janos Harry playing for, I think, Pelicans in the Finnish League right now. He's been absolutely fantastic. 19 assists on the season. So those three fours are going to be really, really difficult for GB to uh, try and contain. That's what GB are going to really have to do in their final game is play a really solid defensive game just to try and neutralize their attack and then counter when they can. It is, to me, this uh, week's tournament is all down to who's going who's gonna to progress. Is it going to be... GB or Hungary. I think the Romania and Estonia are there to uh, cause headaches and throw their hat in the ring if they can. But to me, su I think it's Sunday night's final anyway. I don't know. The first game's tomorrow, isn't it? I think. Yeah, but either way, Sunday or Saturday or whatever game, whatever day the GB Hungary game is, that is going to be the decider in my eyes. Um, and that is going to wrap things up for what I think is actually a quicker episode than I thought it would be. Uh, episode 21? of the Hampson on Hockey podcast, I think. Uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Get in touch on Hampson Hockey uh, on Twitter. Uh, let me know what you think about the silence from the Department of Player Safety. In fact, let's double-check. 6.48. Has there been anything? Uh, ooh, a few notifications. Uh, no, nothing from the Department of Player Safety. So, yeah, that's the last time I'm checking because I don't think there's anything coming. But, yeah, that's going to wrap things up for episode 21. I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Like I said, get in touch on Twitter, at Hampson Hockey. Let me know your thoughts on what I've discussed so far. If you go into the game, uh, the games for GB, hope you have a good time. Uh, enjoy your time in Nottingham. I'm sure you'll enjoy it as well in April when the Elite League Playoff Weekend is. Uh, like I said, that's it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening, as always. And I will speak to you again probably around the same time next week.